live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon and welcome on this Monday, March 21st, the year 2022. The Saints have locked in their quarterback. The Falcons are looking for theirs. It looks like LSU is locked in on their new head basketball coach. And Kim Mulkey and the Tigers try to advance to the Sweet 16. Speaking of the Sweet 16 on the men's side, and then there was only one SEC team still around to say that they can play another day and with that we say good afternoon and welcome this is the Jordy Hulkberg show on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles we are southwest Louisiana sports station my main man James Mesh producing from the game studios the master control suite where he's spinning the tunes pushing all the buttons it's on the campus of Delta Media which houses KLWB which is 1037 the game yours truly here studio 1a on a busy day hope everybody had a great saint patrick's day uh weekend um man i was in uh foley alabama at a volleyball tournament and it was it was so much fun i love watching my daughter play kids everywhere it's just it's very very exciting then my daughter calls me this morning uh or text message me says dad you think we could go to the uh the women's game tonight Absolutely. Got the tickets and away we go. We're going to watch LSU and Ohio State play for the right to advance to the great Northwest and the Sweet 16. With that in mind, our guest list today, uh, Patrick Wright will join us at around 3.30. He is the voice of the LSU women's Tiger basketball team. He'll be on the call of the game tonight and we'll have his thoughts on LSU, which had a 17-point lead at one point in time against Jackson State, um, surrendered that, trailed by 10 with just under five minutes to play, and then figured out a way to, to, um, to rally yet again and win. It was on a St. Patrick's Day. Baton Rouge is a huge, huge St. Baton. Patrick's Day parade that takes place in the morning. Um, this game was at four o'clock in the afternoon. There were a lot of um, well-oiled uh, people around the city of Baton Rouge. About eight thousand fans showed up for the Saturday I, I, uh, event. I think tonight will be uh, well over five figures. They'll they'll be up to twelve thousand, I believe, for this one tonight. It'll be the last home game for five seniors, and uh, away we go. Meanwhile, Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints, according to reports, have agreed on a two-year, $28 million deal, of which 21 is guaranteed money. So Jameis Winston will be uh, the Saints quarterback and uh, for the next two years. So... After flirting around with Deshaun Watson, um, 
Watson will, pro, will reprise his role as the team's starting quarterback. The NFL Network was the first to report the news. Meanwhile, um, the Atlanta Falcons have parted ways with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan going to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick in the 2022 draft. So the Falcons are now looking for a quarterback, which tells us that uh, for sure they're going to draft one, and they're kind of starting all over again. Carolina needs a quarterback. What are they going to do? Seattle needs a quarterback. What is uh, Baker Mayfield going to do? Because he said he wanted to go to Indianapolis, but Indianapolis had already had a quarterback that um, they reported. Well, you know, he's not the most uh, he's not the most well rounded, the biggest, uh, the most adult like quarterback that we could get and what was the problem with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland Cleveland said we want an adult to be our quarterback so Indianapolis didn't want to go down that road again so we'll see what happens there but the Saints have locked in on uh, Jameis Winston to be their uh, quarterback for the next two years while the NCAA tournament is is still going on with 16 teams left in the fray on the men's side uh, it appears that LSU has got their man to lead the basketball program in Mac McMahon Matt McMahon has been um, uh, guiding Murray State he's 43 years young um and apparently this deal is getting finalized as we speak uh, with an announcement expected very, very soon. McMahon has a career record of 154 wins, 67 losses, a winning percentage of 70% in seven seasons at Murray State of the Ohio Valley Conference. Um, we've got to see what kind of penalties the NCAA is going to, to levy upon LSU. Uh, and that could impact this program for years to years years to come so we'll see we shall see this uh, mcmahon's name was connected to the lsu job sunday evening the day after murray state was eliminated from the tournament by the cinderella of cinderella's st peter's a 70 to 60 second round win for St. Peter's, the Peacocks would shock Kentucky in the first round. Uh, Murray State reached the second round with a 92-87 overtime win over San Francisco. Of course, LSU season ended Friday with a 59-54 loss to Iowa State. Iowa State still in the dance. They are a uh, sweet 16 team. Murray State was 31-3 overall. They were 18-0 in the OVC. They were ranked in the AP poll for the final season six weeks of the season had a final net ranking of 21 he was the conference man was the conference coach of the year if you like offense murray state was 19th out of 358 division one teams in scoring was 79.1 points per game oh by the way uh coach mcmahon coached that guy named john morant who's doing a pretty good job for the memphis grizzlies so they had a very high scoring offensive team 19th out of 358 division one teams they ranked 28th in scoring defense allowing 63.2 points per game and they were 29th nationally with 39 
7.1 rebounds per game. This latest NCAA appearance was Murray's third in the past five seasons under McMahon. McMahon was a shooting guard at App State under Buzz Peterson from 1996 to 2000. So um, I like the hire. I think this guy is a stud. I really do. He started his coaching career as a student assistant at App State. Uh, Buzz Peterson left to go to Tennessee. He became the grad assistant there. He left Tennessee, became a full-time assistant at App State from 2002 to 2010. He went to UNC Wilmington when Buzz Peterson got canned from Tennessee and became the head coach there. He was a full-time assistant for Wimbledon for one year, went back to Murray State under Steve Prom from 2011 to 2015, and then became the head coach at, in 2015. So um, he's been pretty good. I, I really, really like the hire. I think once again, it, it would be very, very difficult to get an established head coach who's already got roots in a situation Um like Tony Bennett at Virginia or um, Coach Sampson at Houston, people like that, they don't want to have to come down here because there are going to be sanctions. There are going to be penalties, and they don't want to get involved in all. They got a good thing right where they are. So you got to go mid-major. And this cat, Matthew Joseph McMahon, um, is a good one is a good one. He was a shooting guard, a 6-1 shooting guard uh, in his playing days, and uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous, tremendous hire for LSU. So we expect that to come down the pipeline any day now, uh, very, very soon. Our guest list, Glenn West, LSU baseball, loses two out of three to Texas A&M. They dropped out of one of the college baseball polls. woo we didn't. Yeah, it, it, I said it during basketball season. I said, "Look, this this team's good. They play good defense, but it's going to come down. Can they make shots in big games? They couldn't. LSU baseball. They can hit the ball. Can they pitch? Can they get outs in big games? And as of right now, no. And that's going to rear its ugly head all season long if LSU doesn't figure out a way. Meanwhile, looks like the New Orleans Pelicans are figuring out a way. That combined with the, the demise of the L.A. Lakers, the Pels are now the ninth place team in the Western Conference, tied but holding the tiebreaker over the L.A. Lakers. So they're in the ninth seed. Ali Cassell the, the, um, will join us. The Pels won yesterday in Atlanta today. The back-to-back, um, the back end of a back-to-back in Charlotte to take on the Hornets. We'll, we'll talk about the latest on the Pels who keep winning without Brandon Ingram. They're getting some great games, performances from, from other players who have really stepped up. Our number two, Madeline Adams, will join us. Um, UL baseball program uh, swept by Troy over the weekend. We'll get the latest on that. The UL softball team uh, won two out of three at Georgia Southern. So Madeline Adams will join us. Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast at around 3.15. And Patrick Wright will preview the huge hoops game tonight between Kim Mulkey and the Tigers 
and the Ohio State Lady Buckeyes. So that is our docket for today. We're brought to you each and every Monday by Eon of Lafayette. It is uh, the best way and the easiest way, the safest way for non-invasive permanent fat loss. Eon is smarter body contouring, the first robotic touchless laser body contouring device for non-invasive permanent fat loss. The only way to go is the Eon way. E-O-N, Eon of Lafayette, soon to be Eon of Baton Rouge as well, as it's coming this spring. We'll talk more about that and more about everything else as we get rolling. Here we come. The Jordy Helpert Show on a Monday, March 21st, and then there were 16. We will talk about LSU baseball, LSU football, whatever, with LSU, Glenn West of LSU Country, where we return after this timeout. The Jordy Helpert Show, 1037 Lafayette, 104 one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. 17 minutes after the hour, looks like LSU's found their basketball coach, Kim Mulkey, going for a run to the Sweet 16, and LSU baseball struggling. What else can we talk about when it involves LSU? But we've got the big fella himself from LSU country, Glenn West, to talk about all of that and more. Glenn, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Hey, Jordy, I'm just, just trying to catch up on all the news about yourself, man. Um, I'm, I'm here with you. I, I know Matt McMahon from afar. I haven't met him personally, but I've watched him, particularly when this um, this opening occurred. Um, I, I like the guy. and In fact, that's what gets consummated at some point in time today or tomorrow. I think LSU found themselves a good one, a really good one. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I was a little surprised, much like you know the kind of hastiness of which they let Will Wade go after the NOA. I was also surprised by how quickly they filled this position. But um, yeah, look, Matt McMahon is. Wait a minute. A, wait a minute. What does that tell you? I, you I think, don't it think tells Scott me, Woodward had this in the back of his mind for quite some time now, do you? I do. I do think that he's had a, a pool of candidates, but I think pulling the trigger this quickly also kind of gives you some time to get on the phone with some of these players that are right. on the team currently. Um, it allows him to obviously start dipping into the transfer portal, which I think is obviously going to be a, a huge necessity for this class after yeah. losing, you know, your two signees. And yeah. uh, I would imagine you still lose a large part of the, uh, no of, the of the past, you know, season uh, team, but um, you know, look, this is, this is a great, this is a great hire. I mean, just considering, uh, where this program was a week ago with all the uncertainty uh, to bring in a young coach who has a lot of experience. You know, he went 100, you know, I think he went 154 and 67 in his seven years. As a head 70% coach. winning clip. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, yeah. Darn good. He wins a lot. And that that's kind of what you need right now. I think with this program is you need a winner. Obviously you're coming off a guy who won a lot at, and will wade, but uh, with some of the impending punishment you're expecting to face as a program, to have a guy who can kind of weather the storm and yeah. um, still be be a competitive team over the next several years uh, well, as you kind of try to get out of all this is, is going to be really, really important. 
wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall when he said to Scott Woodward, okay, this is great, but what's going to happen? What, what, what's going to happen to this program? What, what, what are we going to be hit with? I would have loved to have heard that answer. Yeah, absolutely. I would have loved to have been in that room as well. And I think that's why when you see this uh, get announced, I would expect this to be a very long term contract. Yeah, um, I, I don't expect you to see a three or four year contract. This would probably be a, a six, seven year kind of deal here because you're bringing in a guy who's 43 years old, who's considered one of the great, uh, you know, brightest up and coming coaches mm-hmm. in, in, in all of college basketball. He's very highly respected just on the little research I've done today on and a lot of coaches have a lot of great things to yep. say about him. And so, yep. um, you know, if he, if he can come in and kind of weather the storm, like I said, and be kind of that, that bridge over the next couple of years, you know, be still be competitive. Um, that's all you're really looking for in the short term. And then obviously the long term, he uh, is a recruiter who can find some gems in, in, in some lowly recruited players. Yeah. Can we get a John ja Morant to come over here? I mean, that'd, that'd be, be great. Good. Yeah. But that'd I think good. I think Scott Woodward was realistic in this, yeah. uh, knowing what was coming. You know, Tony Bennett, uh, Samson from from Houston, those kind of guys, they're already sitting there. They're not coming to go through a rebuild with all these penalties. So I think he was realistic in his approach, and I think he found what he thought was the best of the best of the group that could realistically that he could obtain. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you got, you want to bring in a guy with energy too. And I, I've listened to a couple press conferences already with him. He's very energetic guy, very upbeat. You know, he, he really sounds like the kind of a perfect hire. I always thought going the mid major route, you know, when they uh, officially, uh, you know, let Will Wade go, I thought that going the mid major major route would be the most likely outcome. And this is about as good as you can get in terms of a mid major hire. This guy is like I said, a proven winner, and his recruiting chops are actually very underrated. Obviously, everybody knows John Moran is a very splashy uh, guy. He got on on his campus a couple of years ago, turned him into a number two overall pick, and I'm wondering what those kind of conversations will be like for a young guy like Eric Gaines, maybe, who is yeah. a really yeah. athletic you know, kind of guy who still yeah. has very much great point. potential. So um, if, if he can convince even just one or two of these guys to stick around some of the yeah. younger players, that's a huge win. And obviously a, a foundation to your, to your program here moving forward. Absolutely. And uh transfer portal. Here we come in yeah. and out uh, Glenn West, LSU country. Uh, and then there was one, there's 16 teams left. Auburn, bye-bye, Kentucky, see you later, Tennessee, gone, LSU, gone, Alabama, gone, and they're the Hogs. The Hogs are, yep. have survived in advance. I, man, my bracket's so bad. I, <laughs> I, I expected more SEC teams in this Sweet 16 for sure. Yeah, I did too. I, I thought, you know, the Kentucky thing I could probably see coming a little bit more, not not losing to a 15 seed, but I could have seen a, a, an early exit just because they'd been so banged up all year and they had really only started getting healthy kind of towards the end here. And so uh, they that that wasn't as a huge shock to me. I was a huge, hugely surprised by Auburn the other night. They just, they could never get into they rhythm. Look, and, they look and, out of it, man. Yeah, they they look yeah, I thought they were they were kind of my my team that I thought out of the SEC. Obviously, it's not a it's not a controversial pick or anything, but I thought that those guys were so well rounded and were on such a you know hot streak that they would do well. But uh, look, Arkansas has been great. I mean, Jalen Williams is is kind of a the energizer bunny out there for them. He draws all those charges. He makes yeah. all the gritty plays. I mean, they have the elite score on JD Note. I mean, I yeah. think they have a lot. Uh, to, to really make a strong push here. And they were a team that kind of really 
came on the half, the second half of the season after they got off to a little, little bit of a slow start. They they really uh, kind of just just flipped their season around and got healthy, and uh, they've been very impressive. So I wouldn't ex- I would expect them to continue to make a run here. Uh, Kim Mulkey's Tigers trying to make a run to the Sweet Sixteen. Boy, they they fool with everybody's emotions on Saturday. Up seventeen, then down ten with yeah. less than five to play, and they rally and win it. Now they get Ohio State. This is going to be a good tough matchup. Yeah, no, I agree completely. They they definitely they definitely toyed with a couple of emotions. Ooh. I was out at the baseball park on Saturday watching that game, and uh, yeah, they 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 certainly had us on the ropes there for a little while. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good, entertaining matchup. I think you know Ohio State's coming in. They've won, I think, ten of their last eleven. LSU kind of in a similar position where they've won nine of their last ten, and so these are two teams that are very much kind of on the upswing in terms of just uh, confidence, in terms of momentum. And, um, you know, I think that it's going to be a really a really fun matchup tonight. I think, obviously, the guards are going to have to continue to play really well for LSU. You know, you mm-hmm. had uh, between all your seniors, you had uh, Pointer, you had Morris, you had uh, uh, Fausti. Uh, she, she, did, she did a really great job, and I think they combined for like 60 of the points that they yeah. scored. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to really rely on your senior leadership here. And uh, look, Kim, Kim Mulkey was just named the Naismith finalist for their head coach this year. I mean, they, they, they are just on a really fast upward trajectory here, and I know that's something that Coach McMahon would really like to do for the men's side now that he's on board. Wouldn't that be something if she won the national coach of the year but couldn't win her SEC coach of the year? That would be something. All right. Um, I said this about basketball. I said, okay, great, good defense. That's fine. But do they have enough firepower? Can they score the basketball? I said this about baseball. Oh, they got all the offense, all the hitting. Can they? Do they have any pitching whatsoever, and are they fundamentally sound defensively? Uh, yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. This was this was a uh, this was a pretty eye opening weekend I think from that perspective and you know you kind of hoped that they would put it together in non conference play a little bit more but the thing that really kind of stuck out to me was the pitching um, you know obviously people want to look at the errors and stuff and you know that's something that comes with confidence that's something we've asked coach Johnson about a lot the last couple of days and he says look if it's a confidence thing that's just something that these guys got to move past I mean that's nothing that we can really teach in terms right. of confidence that's something you got to move on from. Um, but the pitching has been, I think, was probably the biggest concerning part, particularly the starters. You know, you didn't have either three of your starters get past the fourth inning this weekend, and uh, you, that puts a lot of pressure on the bullpen. And uh, I think this is this is it's going to be back to the drawing board. That's what Coach Johnson kind of told us um, on Sunday after the game that they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna kind of have to scrub this from scratch and and really kind of piece together more of a, a sound pitching rotation that that kind of fits with the the profile of their staff so uh, i would expect that you know you're going to see a lot of funky lineups you're going to see a lot of funky rotations he said tba 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 in terms of just uh uh you know in terms of the rotations that's what it's going to look like moving forward well, they're supposed to play uh, Louisiana Tech tomorrow, but apparently the weather's going to get a little bit nasty. So that may be moved back to Wednesday, I, I would guesstimate. Yeah. Um, and then it's uh, on the road to Florida. Good yeah. luck with that one. 
Yeah, that's why he really needed to win the series this weekend. And they were very disappointed coming off of that Saturday loss where they fought all the way back into it and then gave it away in the ninth. But yeah. you look at this road schedule LSU has to play this year in conference play. They go at Florida. They got to go to Mississippi State. They got to go Ole Miss. They got to go to Vanderbilt the last game, last series of the year. Um, this is as tough of a road series schedule for any team in the entire conference. And yeah. Uh, that's why you really got to capitalize at home. LSU certainly would have loved to have taken two or, or possibly even three, but uh, now, now you've got to try to get those back here on one of these road series, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. Florida's got a really deep uh, deep pitching staff. They have some really top top of the line hitters as well. Uh, you know, they've always been very very consistent in the SEC, and so uh, LSU is going to have their work cut out for them for sure. Wasn't their coach like uh, a front runner for this job? And then was, some off the field stuff popped up and they went, oh, no, 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 thank you. So El Sullivan, I don't think had any off the field stuff. He was definitely an early front runner um, for the job. I think Pat Casey might be the one that you were thinking oh, okay. of. He had okay. some off the court stuff. Okay. He had some off the field stuff. Uh, okay. kind of pop up. Something with O'Sullivan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were definitely interested in O'Sullivan. He was definitely a candidate early on, but. I, don't, I, I just think that they, they both parties kind of moved on. There was kind of mutual interest in just moving on. And so LSU obviously wound up with Johnson. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that always, always adds a little more. Certainly some spice uh, to it, yeah. A little Cajun chef spice to it, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would be remiss if um, I didn't talk about two individual ex-LSU Tigers. How about Mondo Duplantis breaks his own world record again um, at the World Indoor Championships yesterday. um, 20 feet, uh, 4 inches, something like that. He's the best. Yeah, I mean, he the, the the one time I've gotten starstruck by an athlete, I actually had a class with Mondo my senior year when he was a freshman. Uh, it was like an intro to administrations class, and we got paired up for a, a, a project, and he had to sign his name on the sheet, and I gave the sheet away. I didn't keep the sheet, and, and that was probably one of my, my biggest blunders as a, as a person and a guy who covers sports. I didn't keep the sheet that he signed his name on, so uh, – but he's fantastic, man. He's He's – He's uh only got he's only gotten better since his LSU days, and it's really really impressive to see him. Obviously, break all these his own records yeah. now. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, there was David Toms, and now there's Sam Burns, yep. who won the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook for the second consecutive year, and he moved to number ten in the world. He's got a ways to go to to catch up with David Toms uh, as far as how many uh, tour events he wins and if he wins a major, but he's making some money. Yeah, yeah. Sam Burns has been really impressive. I think since last year when he won the Valspar, he's won three times, including yesterday. So he's definitely on the upswing of his career. Uh, Obviously carries you into some great momentum heading into the Masters week here in two weeks. Um, Very, very impressive start for Sam Burns' career. He took him a little while to get going, as I think it takes a lot of guys coming out of college to kind of get into the groove of the tour. But uh, obviously a very, very, very powerful hitter, a very good striker of the ball. And uh, somebody who can make those those long championship winning putts, so it is, uh, which is very uh, very key, and when you're trying to win majors. All right, since you've been so kind to join us on these Mondays, um, I'm going to text message Mondo, and I'm going to say, look, Mondo, sign a piece of paper for your for your your study partner back when you were a freshman. Yeah. He, he said he gave the thing away, but can you yeah. sign? Give, give him your autograph. I'll get that taken care of for you. All right. Sure, I appreciate it, Jordy. Anything you can do for me, that would be great.
Yeah. It will be consider it done, my friend. Oh, consider it done. All right. I know you had the uh, St. Peter's Peacocks in the Sweet 16. I know you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think everybody <laughs> did. Right. I mean, uh, you always get those Cinderella stories. And man, those are just so fun to follow. Those uh, guys. Yeah. You're the best. You're the yep. best. Thank you so much, man. You take care of yourself. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Jordy. Appreciate it. All right. That is Glenn West from LSU Country. Speaking of hoops, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yeah, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. That's one 877- Seven 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 zero seven eight six seven. I got a tip for you. Bet five dollars on Duke to win. <laughs> they get every call in the book and twice on Sunday. I'm telling you, they do. They don't want Coach K to exit right now. They want him in the Final Four. Bet on the Dukes. We're going to bet on the Pelicans with Ali Cassell after this timeout. The Jordy Heltberg Show on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Jordy Holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now, back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, wants to give you the chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, burner, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. you got to be kidding me. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. See if I won that, I would have it all set up. I turn the tube on and I'd watch the Red Hot Pelicans play another hoops game because they won yesterday in Atlanta. Can they win the back end of a back to back on the road against the Charlotte Hornets tonight? Well, Ali Cassell from At the Bird Rights joins us now. It's, I mean, we're down almost to single digits in the regular season and the Pels playing some pivotal games. Ali. Man, what a difference a couple of months makes, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. And you're right. They are still trending upwards. It hasn't been like a super sharp <laughs> incline, right, this no, season. No. But seeing where they started from the training camp, and it's been talked ad nauseum, the 1-12 in 12 start. Yeah. They've really held on, put something together. And now, honestly, they're a good team. They're playing their best ball of the season, Jordy. Yeah. 
They're 30 and 41. They're tied record wise with the Lakers. The, the Pelicans hold the ninth spot, the Lakers 10th because of the um, head to head matchup. Pels have won two in a row, five of their last 10. The Lakers are trending downward. They've won three of their last 10. Uh, coming up now, uh, the Spurs, they're, they're two and a half games out. So a lot still to play for in three very important games starting night. You got the Hornets, then you got the Bulls on Thursday and the Spurs over the weekend. So uh, even without Brandon Ingram, boy, you're getting some really good play from some uncharacteristic players. Jose Alvarado, what? What? Wasn't that impressive what he did in Atlanta? <laughs> yes. I mean, he, he practically sealed the game for them by making that clutch layup, right? Great decision. He saw a lane, took it, and then later he sealed it with two free throws. And before that, you know, Jonas Valanciunas was doing his thing. But yeah. you can't overlook what Herb Jones did defensively or really he's become such a great driver Jordy where in transition you feel like he's going to get you six eight points every game yeah so he's giving you something on both ends and but Jackson Hayes he is the one that is really standing out to me over these last five games and he's been trending upwards right since before the trade deadline when his name was floating out there in the rumor mill he's really been pretty good but lately he's been great 15 points eight rebounds you know last night 12, 12 points, 12. 12 rebounds. Yeah, I mean, he's he's bringing that energy, and when he does that, when he's a positive, boy, this Pelicans team is really hard to contend with. You don't have to suddenly rely on, right, C.J. McCollum or Brandon Ingram to carry on. Yeah. I, I swear, if if they asked me for the vote for the most valuable player, I'd have to give it to Valanciunas because he's been available all year long. He's put up double-figure rebounds every game, it seems like. He gets you 26-12 and 12 last night. Um availability is the best ability and he's been there all year long yeah i mean i don't know where the pelicans would be had david griffin not made that trade and yeah. pelicans are still stuck with steven adams who in a right fit he, he can't really help a good team like we're seeing with the memphis grizzlies but the pels they needed that interior score they needed somebody that could step outside the rim and allow for his teammates to drive the ball into the lane because that's what the pelicans like to do Memphis, they like to let just like John Morant, right, drive around. But for the most part, they're a jump shooting team, setting themselves up for those three pointers if they're not out in transition. But the Pels aren't like that. You know, they've got B.I. When Zion's healthy, he wants to get to the rim. So many guys, like I said, get to the rim. But with Jonas Valanciunas, no more of those problems. And he's been a double-double machine. I think he's got like 44 or 45. So. Yeah, when he plays, it feels like he's going to give you 20 and 10 every night. Guaranteed. He really does. Um, But this is what cracks me up about the Pelicans. It's like every game, there's a new guy on the roster. Gary Clark is playing now. Tyrone Wallace is playing. I'm like, what? And then you play him sometimes, you don't play him. And Willie Hernan Gomez, 17 points, 10 rebounds in 15 minutes. My goodness, if they could channel that consistently. Now we're talking. Yeah, that's the biggest key, Jordy. Since C.J. McCollum arrived, they've had their six biggest wins of the year, and I mean by largest margins of victory, yeah, right? Yeah. They're top six, and, and that's only been over the last six, seven weeks, so it hasn't been a big time frame. So it shows you what their potential is, and two of those wins have come without B.I., but you're right, consistency. There's been some games where they've been blown out recently, right? Tonight, the Charlotte Hornets beat them pretty bad by 22 points in here in New Orleans 10 days ago. Before yeah. that, the Grizzlies really stomped them. So there's just some games where they just don't get up for it. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I almost have to write off to just them being a young team. Yeah. Still trying to figure out those roles. Because, I mean, look, you, you can see it in games. Some, th- some games, Jackson's not there. Jose Alvarado's not giving you anything. 
You know, Herb Jones isn't giving you anything but just some defense, right? So it's not like they should be expected to win on a consistent basis, but they are trending upwards. And I think that's the biggest takeaway here. And I'll okay. tell you what, when they win first quarters, this is what I discovered Woo. looking at some research. When they win the first quarter, they're almost guaranteed to win the game. So if they start good, chances are they're going to win that game. Uh, uh, last night, they had off to a great start, up 35-18 after one. I always check the first quarter. I always check the third. How do you come out of the locker room? Well, they had a five-point advantage in, in the third, 31-26, and that helped them hold off um, a 10-point differential in the fourth. So uh, that was pretty good. 11 games left to go. It's going to be hard for a team like San Antonio to make up you know, two and a half, three games there. So the most important games for the Pels, you can slip up here, but you got to beat the Spurs. You got to beat the Spurs. Yeah, one more is left, and that's coming up in five days against the Spurs. But I'll tell you what, I want to see those two wins come against the Lakers, right? Yeah. 11 games left, as you mentioned, but boy, yeah. giving the Lakers two more losses to where you push them down even further in the standings. I'm not even worried about the Pelicans making a play and turn anymore. It looks like that's pretty much on lock. Okay. Um, you know, knock on wood, no injuries, nothing like that uh, to add to the boats. But if the Lakers keep losing, chances are they'll stay in 10th or even drop further. And that's not only good for those cheering hearts of New Orleans want to see Los Angeles fail. That means the Pelicans have a really good chance of getting their first round pick, right? If, yeah. if it lands in the, in the top 10, the New Orleans gets to keep L.A.'s 2022 first round pick, which is going to be obviously very valuable because they're not doing well this year. And I wonder at this time of the year um, if some teams will say, like, uh, they play the Trailblazers twice, and the Blazers are, yeah, okay, we, we may give our young players the opportunity to play a little bit. Memphis already sealed where they are, right? Uh, Golden State, where they are. They may rest some of their players. So it's really a chance to, I mean, I hate to sound that way, but it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's obvious that that could possibly happen. Yeah, the Pelicans' schedule is looking better by the day. Lakers yeah. can't find their footing. Anthony Davis isn't expected back anytime soon. Trailblazers, all they want to do is lose games. They're resting all their guys. Damian Lillard's been ruled out for the year. And as you mentioned, the Warriors, that's probably the biggest key, right? thought that might be a battle, right? Pelicans' final game of the year, but Steph Curry's now injured, and talk is he won't be back until the playoffs. So really, there's just one game on – on, on their schedule left, that's kind of scary, and that's the Grizzlies, second to last game. But, boy, everything else looks pretty darn easy. So if the Pels just go 500, you know they're going to get in a playing tournament. But if they do a lot better, hey, they're going to seal that ninth, and they're going to be able to host that playing game. That would be amazing. Just as you mentioned, after that start with all the tumultuousness of this season. What no, is Zion, the, Jordy. no Zion. All no year. Zion. And you thought there was a possibility that Brandon Ingram might be playing already. He is not. Do you think he might go tonight? No. On okay. this road trip, he's been pretty much ruled out already. He's, okay. He stayed behind in New Orleans, actually, when they left due to oh. an illness. But there was thought that maybe he could okay. join the team at some point. But okay. that didn't happen. So, Chances are there's a good chance, what I feel like, uh, that we'll see him in that first home game when they get back on Thursday against the Bulls. How have the Pels done on the back end of back-to-backs this year? Not good. Jordy, last time I checked, I want to say they just had a couple of wins, something along those lines. But look, you can almost throw away what they did in those first three months, right? Because they're not that team anymore. So it's hard to really just use that as a basis of comparison. I think the Pels win tonight. I like the advantage. I like their opportunity. I think they're on a roll. I think they're they're energized. Um, 
I don't know. Both teams like to get in transition here, and the more the Pels run, the better they are. Yeah, and these last two wins, the Pelicans have just jumped their opponent at some point during the game with their defense. And if that energy stays and you've got Jackson, Herb, Jose all flying around, Najee Marshall, let's not forget him. If they're turning the ball over and they have that one dominant quarter, that's going to set them up for a win without a doubt. And the Hornets, they like to play fast, so they're, they're prone to some mistakes. But I will say, Charlotte's looked really good over these last, what, six, seven, eight days to where they've won four in a row by huge margins as well. So it's not going to be an easy one. Garrett Temple, I mean, he, is he like, does he understand he ain't never going to play again in New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that, that talk was had with Willie Green and Garrett yeah. Temple. And look, the writing was on the wall. He was in a tremendous slump for, I want to say, six, seven weeks where he wasn't giving you anything offensively. And even his defense wasn't that sharp. So Willie had, you know, his hand was forced. He had to make a change. And look, team's playing better, and they've got players contributing up and down that roster. So you don't want to mess with that rotation at all now. <laughs> 142-120, the last score between the Hornets and the Pelicans. Um, 142. I would think that defense might be an emphasis in the scouting report for this one. Oh, yes, most definitely. I mean, there's been, like I said, a couple of drubbings. Not only that, then the Grizzlies, you know, they put up 132 points on the Pelicans. The Nuggets, 138, even though that went to overtime. So you see when this team doesn't come out, and play with that kind of force, attacks the glass, uses their athleticism, right, to their advantage, they're going to get – chances are they're going to get beaten up a little bit. So mm-hmm. it hasn't happened, right, during these last two games, and that's what you look at the most. They're trending in the right direction right now. They've got that momentum and that confidence. has got to be sky high. See, they lost the first quarter last time against the Hornets, 25-24. They only trailed by six at the half, and then the third quarter, my God, 42-27, to it was over, over. Yeah, I remember that game, Jordy. The, the, the Hornets seemingly made every three-point shot. I remember yeah. them leaving a lot of guys open, so they kind of deserved it. But when they don't, when, when I mean, just look at these last two games. The Hawks, even Trey Young couldn't get himself open consistently last night. So when they play like that, I mean, it's night and day difference. So, yeah, can the young team bring it on a back-to-back night? They're young yeah. enough to where they, the legs should be there, but mentally, right? That's what I'm going to be looking at. Can they get up for this game? What What's the latest on uh, Larry Nance Jr.? Yeah, I, I thought we might see him on this road trip, but chances are, of course, that's going to have to wait until they get back home, too. But his return is literally right around the corner from what I've been told. Is Tony Snell hurt? No, he's just honestly falling out of the rotation. He had about, <laughs> what, three or four bad games. And look, <laughs> Najee Marshall stepped in ahead of him, uh, even Tyrone Wallace. And look, you can't blame Willie Green, like I said, for sticking with guys that are working because Tony wasn't playing good for about a week. So now he's falling out. <laughs> I know you had the St. Peter's Peacocks in your Sweet 16. I know you did. Oh, I have loved this NCAA tournament. I thought they're a great story. I, I really, I was tempted to put them on, on in an upset in that in that first round against Kentucky, but you know I couldn't do it. I don't think anybody could. No. But now, boy, you want to see them go far, just like all these other teams. I mean, how about that game last night between Arizona and TCU? I mean, every game I tune into is just stellar. Let me tell you what. There have been some ridiculous calls no calls in these games my god it's been it's just glaringly obvious yeah you wonder how these guys these referees get hired in the first place jordy literally making stuff up on the court phantom fouls obvious fouls they don't even call obvious right it's bad you know the people always say the college product is a worse product 
that compared to the NBA, so is the officiating, without uh, a doubt. <laughs> I'm telling you, take your money and bet on Duke to get to the Final Four because they're going to figure out a way to keep Coach K in this thing. He gets every call, every call. He does. And I'll tell you what, did you notice how emotional he was in the postgame after yeah. beating a, a Michigan State and Tom Izzo's group? Yeah, he said he, he almost broke down talking about how proud of he was of his players. So, yeah, this means so much. And when his players, his kids see that, you know they're going to bring 110%. So you're right, Jordy. I'm, I'm expecting them to get the final four. I'm with you, brother. All right, Pelicans and the Hornets. Let's go, Pels. Flock up, baby. We'll, uh, we'll be watching. Good luck. Talk to you soon, my friend. Yep. Take care, Jordy. That's uh, Ali Cassell from At The Bird Rights. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back, wrap up our number one, set the stage for our number two on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jordy Holtberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? When you wash your hair, you know, I worked on my hair a long time and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holtberg and the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back 54 minutes after the hour. Monday's edition of the Jordy Helpert Show brought to you by Eon of Lafayette. Soon in the spring, additional uh, in coming into Baton Rouge. So it'll be Eon of Baton Rouge. Um, look, Eon treatments are ideal for people with areas of stubborn fat that diet like crazy, exercise like crazy, but they still can't lose those troublesome spots. Eon is provides a treatment that will take care of that for you. And it's very simple. It's personalized treatment, a robotic technology that provides a safe, consistent and effective treatment. Um, they have a smart sensory technology that maps your body's unique topography for a personalized experience. I did it. And you sit down and you feel this um, this cooling uh, air um, just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No, no pain whatsoever. No inconvenience whatsoever. You're in, you're out, you're done. And I can't wait to see my results. And I feel it already. Eon of Lafayette, give them a call. 337-278-7641. That's 278-7641. It's a free consultation. Um, they will look at you they will give you the lowdown they'll give you the facts this thing works i've seen case after case after case bikini season's right around the corner men and women you want to get it right eon of lafayette 337-278-7641 live and local this is the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. It is a Saints touchdown. This is the Jordy Holberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337 706 I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holberg. 
Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Monday, March 21st, the year 2022. Hope you had a great weekend. The weather was really nice. And, uh, boy, some big headlines today. The Saints have reached a two-year, $28 million contract with Jameis Winston, of which $21 million is guaranteed money. He will be the Saints' starting quarterback for the next two seasons, in theory. The Indianapolis Colts acquired quarterback Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons for a third-round pick. And LSU has got their man to meet the lead the LSU basketball program, Matt McMahon, finalizing the deal, leaving Murray State, the racers, to become the new head coach. LSU wanted to get get the Will Wade taste out of their mouth as quickly as they possibly could. And uh, Matt McMahon uh, will be the new head coach. It, uh, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It could be today the announcement comes, could be tomorrow. It'll be very, very soon. The Pelicans keep winning, and Kim Mulkey tries to advance to the Sweet 16 tonight when they take on Ohio State. It's a 7 o'clock tip inside Pete's Palace. Meanwhile, there's no basketball for the Raging Cajuns, so baseball and softball take center stage. And with that, it's Monday, and you know what time it is now. Mondays are usually a real drag. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Thankfully for you, KLFY sports anchor Madeline Adams is here to cure those Monday blues with the latest on the Raging Cajuns and Acadiana High School sports. It's time for Mondays with Madeline here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I don't like to... um. Yeah, I like to be upbeat and positive, but I don't know if you can be positive about the Raging Cajun baseball team right now. They got swept in Troy uh, over the weekend. They lost the Friday night matchup seven to one. They lost the Saturday, a close one, four to three, and then they got swept on Sunday, eight to three. Madeline, Madeline, Madeline. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing good, Jordy. How are you doing on this Monday? <laughs> I'm good. I, my my tournament bracket is uh, forget about that. I'm taking my daughter to watch Kim Mulkey's group tonight, so she's excited and she's excited. I'm excited. I'm not excited about UL baseball though. What's going on here? Yeah, it was a tough one, you know. And especially you mentioned the Saturday game being the closest. I really think they had an opportunity to win that one, and especially in baseball, momentum is everything. So you just kind of wonder how Game Three. Uh, would have shaken out if, if they would have gotten that game too. But, you know, coach head coach Matt Deggs mentioned today that they're just losing the freebies war, right? They're giving up yeah. walks. Uh, they're, you know, they're just putting up way too many errors in the game. And so, uh, you know, I think when that happens, it's hard to win games when you're losing the freebie war. And so I think, uh, you know, look, Troy had a really experienced team. Uh, their record coming into this weekend series was 11 and five. So they were, I mean, you know, they're they're kind of carrying momentum into that weekend series with UL, obviously playing on the road, um, you know. So I think once they kind of clean things up, you know, with errors and with walks and hits by pitches. And so I think once they clean that kind of stuff up and they stop giving away those those freebies, yeah. uh, like Matt Degg said, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to win and they're going to win the games that they're supposed to. Right. And they're going to develop some consistency. So, yeah, not the start that they wanted to right. send conference play. And, look, they play a, a Nichols team on Wednesday night now. Uh, right. Obviously, uh, assistant coach Seth Thibodeau, very familiar with that ball club. He was the head coach there last season. Uh, and, you know, just that kind of emotional angle always adds to a game, uh, you know, and kind of makes it a little bit unpredictable there. 
Uh, but UL's got a really good shot at winning that game over on the road in Thibodeau. And then they turn around and play South Alabama, who's, you know, arguably this ball club or this program's biggest rival when it comes to Sunbelt play. And South Al's mm-hmm. got a really good ball club too. So a lot of challenges up ahead, but also a lot of opportunity to kind of turn this thing around and uh, to prove themselves a little bit this weekend. Just for reiteration, uh, the, the game against Nichols was supposed to be tomorrow, but they mm-hmm. kind of looked ahead at the weather forecast. And so it's going to be a rain out. So they've already moved that back to Wednesday uh, with a 6:30 first pitch. And then South Alabama comes to the Teague at Russo park for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday's game will be at six Saturday at two and Sunday at one. I, I wonder how they pick the times for these games, but they always vary, right? They're always different. Yeah, you know, I think Friday is always kind of the the latest start time, uh, the six, the seven o'clock start times. And it's been pretty consistently at six uh, over these last couple seasons with Coach Deggs. And then, uh, you know, Saturday, Sunday, they like to get started a little bit earlier at two. And then Sunday's always the earliest start time. It's like that in softball, too. I don't know if it's a Sunbelt thing or if it's just each program kind of deciding. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, so a lot of times, it's, TV. It's, a lot of times yes. TV rules the roost. But yeah. anyway, um, all right, let's talk about softball now. They're 17 and eight overall. So they've come back down to earth a little bit. Um, uh, and over the weekend, they, you know, look, they played some tough teams. There's no question about that. Over the weekend, they were in Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, they played a doubleheader on Saturday, they won the opener in six innings, 11 to three. They lost the nightcap. 12 to 10 and then he came back Sunday and got out of there quickly in another six inning game 12 to 1. So what's the state of this softball program now? Yeah, I think they responded really well. You know, they had two tough losses in that doubleheader against Texas at mm-hmm. Lamson Park. Texas, you know, like we mentioned last week, they were a top 10 preseason team. Head coach Jerry Glasgow is really confident that they'll get back in the top 25. Um, and, and, you know, look, they showed they showed signs of that when playing UL. UL is a good ball club. Um, and, you know, so those games were close, but they couldn't pull them out. And so I think they responded really well on the road in Statesboro, their first game against Georgia Southern. Uh, second game was, you know, again, some of that some of that young uh, talent, young in- inexperience, I guess, kind of showing in that game, too. And they're really trying to limit those big innings, you know, in those losses that they've kind of seen in the last couple of games. They've had, you know, the, the opponents have had, you know, one or two just big innings that propel them to a win. So, you know, head coach Jerry Glasgow is really focusing on not letting those happening, pre- limiting those, preventing those. Um, so they can have some urgency at the start of the game and carry that momentum through to a win. And they responded well on Sunday, you know, uh, taking the series in the rubber match. And that was their 66th straight conference series win. Again, wow. I have to say the nation's longest win wow. streak for conference series wins. Yeah. So, you know, this ball club knows how to win a conference series when it comes down to it in rubber matches, whether it's, you know, taking it in the rubber match, you know, taking game one and two to get, you know, uh, handle business early, but this team knows, you know, what it needs to do. It's just kind of a staple of the program to win conference series. So amazing. I did not know that. Wow. It's been a streak that has, I think it dates back to 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, and it's kind of just, it's kind of managed. It's yeah, it's, it's the longest in the nation. Uh, and so this program has gotten very used to winning a conference series, you know, and that's something that they carry with them, right? Whenever they're in these rubber matches, that's something that's on their minds. Um, you know, and head coach Jerry Glasgow mentioned that that sometimes it's a motivating tool. Like, Hey, we've got this streak going, 
you know, this is on the line, not only for this program this year, but think about all the other programs in the past that have helped create this streak. Yeah, so when you, when you're thinking about that, you know, those rubber matches is a lot, you know, a lot more easier, a lot easier to get motivated for those rubber matches. So yeah, uh, a great weekend of response um, to that, those two losses to Texas. And uh, I think the raging Cajuns will face Texas again uh, later in the season. I want to say in Austin, so they okay. will have an opportunity to kind of avenge those two losses and they really need a power five win to help build a resume. For the yeah. postseason. Uh, up next to make it 67 straight, the Mavericks of UT Arlington come to Yvette Gerard field at Lamson park uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the next victim in this long, long, long streak. What did you think about the saints uh, keeping Jameis Winston? Yeah. You know, I think that's the best option for the saints, you know, uh, considering what was available this season uh, quarterback wise, I think Jameis, you know, you can put him against any of these quarterbacks, Yeah. Uh, you know, considering like, you know, the Baker Mayfield, the Jimmy Garoppolo that were still available, available till today. Um, and so, you know, I think Jameis is the best option when he was injured last year. What was he like five and two with the saints? Uh-huh. And one of those games, I think against the giants was a winnable should have, should have won game. Yeah. Um, and so, look, I mean, he showed a lot of promise, um, a lot of potential in, in those games that he started last year. So I'm going to be really interested to see what he's able to do um, this season. Hopefully he stays healthy, you know, and the good thing is Saints don't have to give up anybody to get a quarterback right. in a trade deal or anything like that, which is crucial because you need all the weapons you can get uh, or you can keep. So and I think having stability at the quarterback position, too, during a head coaching change is is really vital too. you know, not bringing in a new piece to this offense mm-hmm. uh, is really key. You know, Jameis has been here for a couple of seasons, so that'll be good to have some stability at the quarterback position. That's, you know, leadership position. The locker room loves them. Uh, I think it was the best option for the Saints this year. Carolina's no good. They need a quarterback. Uh, yeah. Matt Ryan traded to Indianapolis, so the Falcons are going to probably draft a quarterback unless they're going to try and get Jimmy Garoppolo. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, man, Falcons, it, Falcons it's a two-team horse get, race. Yeah, I know the Falcons did get Marcus Mariota. Uh, and so that's going to be interesting to watch, too. But, yeah, I mean. I ain't worried look, about Marcus Mariota. Come on. It's, it's, the NFC, you're, you're, you're good if you're a quarterback in the NFC, right? The AFC is uh, is kind of where you go if, if you want to try to be the best quarterback in the league, I guess, you know, just, I mean, the quarterbacks that the AFC has is, is insane. So Jameis Winston has, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to get to the playoffs and, and be really successful in the NFC. So, uh, you know, staying with Jameis Winston is, 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 you know, I think was the saints best option. And, you know, obviously he's, he's not above Tom Brady, um, you know, so he's not the best quarterback in the division, but you know, I guess if he proves himself this year, he could, he could be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFC. So we'll see what happens. I wouldn't mind having a got job where I had $21 million guaranteed yeah. coming to me. I wouldn't <laughs> mind that at all. What does Baker Mayfield do? Where does he go? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think he wanted to go to Indianapolis, obviously, yeah. and then they, you know, they got Matt Ryan, which they wanted. Know, hey, I'm, they I'm, wanted an adult at, as their quarterback. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's the that's the perception of Baker Mayfield right now. You know, is is he's kind of average on the field, and then you know you kind of look at his his attitude off the field, and maybe that kind of is something teams are not interested in. I don't know. I hope Baker can stay healthy. I hope he gets in a good system uh, where he's able to thrive, a a place he's he's happy to be at. I think he's a good quarterback when he's healthy. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a very good quarterback. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Madeline Adams, you're the best. 
Thank you so much for the UL update and then uh, the Jameis talk and all that kind of stuff. We greatly appreciate it. Yes. So thank you so much, Jordy. Always fun on Mondays talking with you. Have you a good got week. it, Carol. Thank you, Madeline. Tune in next week to Jordy Holberg for Mondays with Madeline here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores and the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan D. Stallion, just to name a few. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores, when VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Look, I told you, we were at a volleyball tournament in Foley, Alabama. We went down to Gulf Shores. We went to the hangout. LSU's beach volleyball team was playing there Saturday. UCLA, UAB, uh, Grand Canyon, Tulane, all kinds of teams. It's right there at the hangout. A fun, fun place. Fun time I uh, was had by all. So make sure you uh, uh, become a member, right? 1037 The Game Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles uh, to win some VI passes from the game. All right, we'll take a quick time out here when we come back. Blake Rafino, more news on the LSU front. They got their man. The coach is uh, is going to sign, be signed, sealed, and delivered any day now, any moment now. We'll talk to Blake about that. Baseball, football, everything. When we return to the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Stay with us. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 21st, 2019, in a 5-4 victory over the Oakland A's in Tokyo, Seattle Mariners star right fielder Ichiro Suzuki finishes his pro career with a record 4,367 base hits, playing in both the NPB and MLB. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back at 19 minutes after the hour. LSU basketball looks like they've got their man. LSU spring football is about to begin, and LSU baseball struggling. Kim Mulkey's going to foot the bill for any student that wants to come watch her team play tonight for a trip to the Sweet 16 if they can beat Ohio State. If you're a student, you get in free. Compliments of Coach Kim. We're always welcoming our next guest from the Are You Serious podcast, Mr. Blake Rafino, joining us. Blake, good afternoon, buddy. What's happening? Funny what a week uh, uh, makes, huh, Jordy? I mean, a week ago today, we were, um, you know, things didn't look so hot. And today, Scott Woodward pulls another rabbit out of the hat. So um, good, good for him. Yeah, I think he wanted to get something done quickly. I think he wanted the taste of and the name of Will Wade to be, like they say in the past, to be erased from the record books and to move on and get some mm-hmm. positive no- news uh, on the front end. I think Matt McMahon, and I, and, I, and I don't say this because he's the flavor of the week. He's our guy. But I've, I've followed his career. I've watched his teams. Uh, it's kind of what I do. And uh, he's, a, he's an excellent basketball coach he's young he's energetic he's enthusiastic he can recruit and he can coach him up i think i think they hit another another home run here i really do 
Yeah, I mean, look, four and what should have been four, you know, outside the COVID year. I mean, look, they were first uh, in the Ohio Valley Conference, so they would have made the tournament. Um, but four appearances out of seven years, Jordy, in the, you know, in the tournament at Murray State, for me, winning percentage coach, has guys like John Morant and others that have been in the league, uh, very energetic, uh, X's nose kind of coach. Um, and, you know, Jordy, the question that I would pose and ask is, what does he know? And, and Scott Woodward know that we don't. Because, you know, what's funny is unless he's getting a six-year, $30 million deal, which maybe he could is. be plausible. He is. But if that if that's the case, then what does he know that we don't? Because, Jordy, I don't think that you take this job in his position when you have all the chips, right? Like – do you want to have a postseason, man? You know what the sanctions are going to be. So I, I think it's interesting for him, but obviously he sees something. I think he sees the the um, commitment maybe. Um, you know, Scott being right there with Tim after the big win of the tournament. I, I think that seeing the, the, you know, William Tate, the president of the university, being, you know, at, and his wife being at Kim Mulkey's game. Um, maybe that there's a buy-in from there too. You know, there's there's some sourcing that LSU might be doing some things around the PMAC here shortly. So let's let's just see. I mean, I, I mean, Scott can sell anybody, but but really, Jordy, here's the truth. I said this when when LSU lost to Iowa State the other night, and I don't mean this in a wrong way, but it was a little bit of a relief. Like, look, we can get behind all of this. Let's move forward. Let's get behind the days. Of all of this, that's how I feel, and I'm glad that we have a, a good coach that's coming into this program. couple of things. One, they sat down and talked and, and said, look, I don't know what the penalties are going to be, but we're going to give you a long-term contract. We're going to give you really good money, um, a lot more money than you can make at Murray State. So you're going to have – you're going to have um, – a long term here. Let's not forget that he was at Tennessee for two years. He saw what basketball was like in the SEC. Um, you know, Murray State is fine. The Ohio, Ohio Valley Conference is fine. You get one team from the OVC into the NCAA tournament, just one. Whoever wins that conference tournament gets in. At the SEC, even though there's only one team left in the in the Sweet 16, they had six teams in. It's a high power job that pays a lot of money, and he's going to have a lot of guarantees in this thing. That when the penalties come down, he's going to be taken care of. So I guarantee it's a long term contract with a lot of money and a lot of zeros tied into it, and that's why he's coming. Uh, and he's young enough to withstand a couple of years of if there's probation or whatever. He's he's young enough to withstand that and go from there so i think a very very good hire i said this about basketball yeah they got talent but do they have enough scores they didn't i said this about baseball yeah they've got talent they can hit but do they have any pitching and as of right now i just don't see it <sighs> yeah I, I mean look you know jordy just from a holistic standpoint you really think about it, like if you really, really think about it, the most success LSU's had in the last few years, like really good success, has really kind of come from Kim and come from the women's basketball team. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, and the and the second would be Paul Maneri from yeah. getting to a super regional, even though they went thirteen and seventeen into the 
you know, they went 13-17, got into a Super Regional. I think it's time for just every sport. we got to kind of recharge here, George. When was it that LSU was just middle of the pack in the SEC when it comes to these major four sports? I don't remember that being like that when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, final four runs, national championship winners, uh, going to Omaha, winning in Omaha, Simone Augustus, you know, uh, me and my mom going to uh, watch the women's basketball team, and I'm wearing a Simone Augustus jersey that, you know, it, maybe it was a little, you know, <laughs> maybe we just, you know, fabricated the name and, 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 you know, made our own little jersey. I'm getting her to sign on it. Jordy, that's what we got to get back to. You know, regardless of the sport, you know, I just feel as if that Scott's – this is just cement now. He's laid the foundation. Now how is LSU from a whole way going to pick it up? Now, baseball, I mean, look, they struggled this weekend. I'm going to give Jay a benefit of the doubt. They don't have the pitching staff. But, look, we're going to see a little bit more of tougher times, but they still have – LSU can get talent. Can they get the coach in here, which I think they got, to continue to get back and be above the middle of the pack when it comes to the SEC? from a holistic standpoint. All right, LSU's favored by four tonight over Ohio State. Tigers are a three seed. Ohio State's a six seed. Uh, They'll have a much better crowd for this one than they had Saturday. They were running up against the St. Patrick's Day Parade and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But they'll be a great crowd tonight for this one. Spring football, right? Right around the corner. Is that quarterback from uh, transfer from Arizona State? Is he going to be attending spring practice? He will be a team spring practice, Jordy. He um, he has been enrolled to LSU, uh, being a graduate transfer. Um, he will be here. Um, you know, I, I'm going to give him. Uh, you know, I, I'll let it be known. I don't know if he'll get the first team reps coming out the gate, just because I'm sure that the other quarterbacks have had a little bit of time to um, get to know this playbook a little bit more. Uh, but I think as the camp, as camp goes on. As fall goes on and we get into into August, Jordy, um, I think that they're going to make the effort to to want him to start. That's not to say Brian Kelly's not going to start the hottest hand. He's you know it's not like the old regime. They will start the best quarterback, but I think that there's going to be a very strong effort to get Jane Daniels uh, uh, QB one reps. Um, you know I got laughed out of the building so to speak from some with that and people in LSU going back and supporting Jordy. I'm going to tell you something. If Jane Daniels wins this, it wins this game in the spring. You might have to go back into the portal and get another quarterback. As, oh, there's as no much question. Somebody's going to might leave. not want to do no that. Way this kid you is can't coming have two scholarship quarterbacks on this roster. With- so there's there, no way this kid comes to LSU with some without some kind of assurance because he could have gone just about anywhere no to play quarterback. So I, I, you know, the people don't be naive. People, please don't be naive. The question is, who goes to the portal? Do you go? Do two two quarterbacks leave and Walker Howard stays? I mean, that's the question I have. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, what does Miles Brennan do? You know, the newly. Right. I mean, does the NIL deals prohibit him from from? I don't want to say prohibit him from transferring, but does it make it where he's like, well, look, I, I really can't do that. And, um, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. You know, the best-case scenario, Jordy, and I hate to say it like this, the best-case scenario is that Miles doesn't leave and you, Jane Daniels is your starter, and if he's in a situation where you need Miles to come in and get you some reps, vice versa. 
Mm-hmm. Miles is the guy, and Jay needs to come in and, and spell him. And you allowed Walker Howard to develop. I think you let that situation play out. Uh, you know, I, I know what the future holds for Garrett Nussmeyer. He could look; he's got the talent to to push to be the starter. Um, but I, I, again, again, spring football is starting this Thursday or this week. The thing I want to see, not only from the quarterback position, is how much is this this entire offense been installed. The reason I, I focus more on the offense, Jordy, is because defense, look, you can install things and they can install things quickly, but I don't think people fully understand. Now, Mike Jones, who's a line, obviously a linebacker at LSU, joins our show every Thursday. And he talks about, Jordy, they implemented an entire new defense in the week of Alabama. Legitimately installed an entire defense. I'm not so much worried about the installation of a defense because those things can be kind of – I don't want to say picked up quicker, but it kind of can be, especially when you have the athletes that LSU does. The first thing I want to see is how, how good is this staff been able to communicate in the installation of this offense. And if they're able to do that, then we'll be fine. But, you know, I, I would expect LSU to run a lot of man coverage this spring and implement some blitzes and, and, and some coverages here and there. But, but running what they'll be running in August, Jordy, we're, we're, none of us are going to see that. None of us. And so let's see what this offense looks like on this install. Brian Kelly has done this before. He's got a game plan, uh, and and I think it's going to be fine. But that's the first thing that I'm looking forward to uh, this upcoming Thursday and Friday. And we shall see uh, how the old ball bounces. Uh, plenty, plenty of time to, to. He's got to see what he's got. He's got, you know, no tape doubt. is one thing. Tape is one thing. You got to see guys on the field and, and what they can do and what they can't do. And he'll put them in tough situations, I'm sure. And he'll find out who who he's got, and then they'll go from there. So, um, you know, time is everything, and we, we, we time will play out. We, we shall see. All right. Um, that's about it, big guy. I appreciate the time as always, man. Go and uh, go and enjoy, and we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens tonight, man. Talk to you soon. The nine eight five, the nine eight five, coming to represent team of the PMAC tonight, Jordy. It's getting live up in here. You know, the town, the town of Hammond is empty at the current moment. So let's go, Kim, and let's go, Tigers. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. That is uh, Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. The game, uh, Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you. Uh, you become a member of the Rewards Club. You'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House. How about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or a $20? gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Spy. You can only win that one of that all of these gift certificates by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. I mean, seriously, there is no spamming. It's easy. It doesn't cost you a dime and you can win stuff. You can win. And we do these things all the proverbial time, day after day after day. All right. We'll take a quick time out. The voice of the LSU Tiger women's basketball team, Patrick Wright, previews the Tigers and then Buckeyes. When we return to the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. 
Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. Um, as anticipated, uh, Tuesday's LSU baseball game versus Louisiana Tech has been postponed due to the severe weather threat that's uh, impending. Um, the schools will work to schedule a makeup date for the game later this season. So LSU's next game will be Friday in Gainesville, Florida, when they take on the Florida Gators for a three-game set. The great thing about basketball, don't have to worry about the rain. and play it indoors. And tonight, what a matchup it will be with a trip to the Sweet 16 on the line as the number three seed LSU Tigers take on six-seeded Ohio State. And about three hours from now, our next guest will be right there, midcourt, headset on to call the game. I'll be up in Section 101 with my daughter to watch it. Patrick Wright will have the call of the game as the voice of the LSU women's basketball program, and he joins us now on game day, and we greatly appreciate it. Patrick, how you feeling, buddy? What a fun time. Feeling, feeling, feeling good. It's a little bit, a little bit nerves. You know, it's the biggest game this program's played in eight years. So, um, always, you know, not confident, but, but anxious. Um, you know, as we saw, anything can happen Saturday. Uh, you, you turn a 17-point lead into a 10-point deficit to a, a pretty good Jackson State team. The unexpected is going to happen. So, you just got to be prepared for it. Both teams have won four of their last five. Both teams got beat in their respective conference tournament, and they both came out and won uh, Ohio State over Missouri State. How do, how do you describe that game against Jackson State? Everything was going great. I was out of town. I didn't get to watch a second of it or hear you at all. But how do you lose a 17-point lead and then trail by t- That's a 27-point turnaround. How does that happen? Well, it, and it happened in the span of about 15 minutes, from the eight-minute wow. mark of the third quarter to about the four-minute mark of the fourth quarter. So 14, 15 minutes. LSU appeared to have the game in control. And then, as we have seen with LSU a few times this year, they have let some big leads go. And I don't always think it was because of a lack of effort on LSU's part, but Jackson State started doing things. You know, They only averaged about four made threes a game all year. They went six for six in the third quarter. Um That'll get you back into the game. Then LSU got a little bit, a little bit cold from the floor, and then Jackson State started to get kind of. You could see that look in their eye, like once you kind of let an underdog believe that they can do it, that's kind of when they're they're the most dangerous. And fortunately, when the thing got to a ten point deficit with about four and a half minutes to go, is when LSU put their foot down and said, "This, this is not how this is going to end." Uh, they settled in, executed, got some turnovers on defense, made some big shots, and and pulled the game out like a, a veteran squad can do. Crazy. Crazy. I, I'm getting text messages from my daughter who was there watching the game. She goes, Dad, this is so stressful. I can't believe what I'm seeing. I can't believe what's happening. And they turn around and won it. Uh, you got a chance to look at Ohio State. Uh, they're a pressing team, a full-court 2-2-1 pressing team. And they've got a guard. that they got a couple of guards that can flat-out play. This is going to be a really entertaining and a very difficult game for both schools, I think. Well, well here, you know, they – Kind of like LSU, they've got a couple of guards that average close to 20 points a game. Right. Uh, J.C. Sheldon is one, and Taylor Mike Sell is the other. Mike Sell has hit over 100 three-pointers this year. 
Wow. Uh, Sheldon hasn't hit as many. Sheldon hit uh, 25 against Missouri State. Mike Sell didn't have quite as good a game. She was at 11. Um, so they're a, a guard-oriented squad. They, uh, you know, they didn't play great against Missouri State, but it was about a five-minute stretch at the end of the first half that they turned an eight-point deficit into a five-point halftime lead by turning Missouri State over. They steal a bucket, a steal a bucket. They beat them on a points off turnover, something like twenty-five to eight in that game. Um, if if LSU can keep that number even or close to even, I think LSU is going to win the game. I think that's how LSU will lose the game is if Ohio State converts LSU turnovers into points. Where LSU should have the edge is Ohio State does not have much of an interior presence. Uh, their coach even said as much in the press conference yesterday. He said, look, our idea is we try to speed people up. We don't have a big interior presence. You know, if teams can set up and be comfortable in a half-court game against them um, with, a, with a big player, that can be difficult for them. So that's why they tried to turn you over. If they can, if they got to play half-court, LSU's interior should, should have a chance to score some points tonight. LSU's backcourt's very good um, in handling the pressure um, uh, all season long, so I, I kind of like LSU's chances. Hey, uh, um, what, what was all this singing I heard about from Kim <laughs> Mulkey after the game against Jackson? What, 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 tell me the story behind the story. All right, well, early, and, and this is what I, the unfortunate thing about, about social media time, I think things get out that are not supposed to get out. <laughs> You know, we, okay. we, we think back to, you know, uh, when LSU played Alabama in Tuscaloosa a couple years ago, yeah. and there was the video of Coach O, and that, that yeah. really is kind of meant to stay in-house, but right. it leaked out, and it was made a big deal of. Well, when Jackson State saw on the selection Sunday, they saw their name come up on the screen, saw they were going to play LSU, their coach kind of, you know, I think, you know, kind of was like, yeah, we, we, we got something for Coach Mulkey. We got something for her. You know, something like that. Okay. And, of course, somebody leaked that video out. It probably wasn't meant to be. Um, and, you know, it, it, it made its way to Coach Mulkey. And she, she kind of laughed it off. She, did, she wasn't upset, wasn't disappointed. But, right. but as, as you know, somebody was going to ask her about it in the post-game press conference. And she you know, said, Coach, did you see that video? She said, yeah, you know, not because I have social media, but because people showed me. And she said, you know, they asked, what was your reaction? So then she quoted the late, great Jim Croce, who I'm sure you remember, yes. um, his, his song about not tugging on Superman's cape. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was her reaction. Then she said, then for you modern people who are the younger, she quoted Destiny's Child with, say my name, say my name. And then with she that, she in- literally <laughs> dropped the microphone, said, good having y'all it. here. We'll see you Monday. And then she left. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And she said, uh, and you don't mess around. Instead of saying you don't mess around with Jim, she said you don't mess around with Kim. So she's pretty correct. good. She's she's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah. The crowd it had was, to deal it was with all, uh, all in good, good natured fun. Yes. So yes. just before Absolutely. anybody draws any any terrible conclusions, I think on both ends it was all in fun, and that's how right. she took it. So no question. Uh, Seven o'clock tonight, LSU versus Ohio State, Sweet Sixteen on the line. Um, crowd had to deal with St. Patrick's Day parade. Still had over eight thousand people tonight. I think it'll be packed to the rafters. Well, there, I, you know, we had over 7,800. We were the fifth out of the 16 host sites. We ranked fifth in attendance. Okay. Um, I looked at the, the website a little while ago. There's still tickets in the upper level available. Um, but I think we got a great chance of pushing 8,500 to 9,000 tonight. Some tickets came open 
that the, you know, the Jackson State and Missouri State people didn't need anymore, and those went okay. pretty quickly. So lower and middle bowl are going to be jam-packed and a lot yeah. of the upper. So I, I, 9,000, I think, would be a, if, if we get a good walk-up beyond what has sold already. And, look, they, they were plenty loud the other night, and they, they willed this team to victory. And, and I think we're going to need their help again tonight a little bit. And I, and I heard that it got to the point where Ohio State even um, put some crowd noise into their practice. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, when, when I walked into the press conference in the PMAC, in one of the rooms, kind of the auxiliary rooms, you could Ohio State was practicing when Coach Mulkey spoke yesterday, and you could hear the racket coming from the court. And, yeah, they, they had it. They had kind of uh, a canned crowd mic, and they had it up full Blair. I don't think they could have turned it up any louder. And uh, their head coach, Ohio State's coach, was asked later. I said, "Yeah, we. This is the first time we've done it. We've played. You know, in Big Ten, they get good crowds. We said they're what they're going to be up for tonight is nothing like they've ever seen in the Big Ten. So, so they're taking the the steps to try to get as ready as they can for what they feel is going to be a hostile environment tonight." Is that Patrick Wright, the voice of the LSU Tigers? Uh, is that uh, in the manager's handbook? Always be prepared and have crowd noise available at any beck and note. I mean, how do you find that stuff? I guess. I mean, I guess from what I mean, I know a little bit about the internet. I think if you Google crowd noise, you can probably download some sort of file, put it on an MP3 player or whatever the kids do, and hook it up to a PA system. So it probably Crazy. wasn't. That hard, but I'm sure somebody got that assignment. Somebody got the call on uh, after the game Saturday night and said, "All right, uh, here's your mission. If you choose to accept it or not, here's your mission. Go find us some crowd noise that we can play at practice tomorrow." And, and they oh, made it work. Uh, I just want to know if Patrick Wright earned his money as a school teacher today, or did you just have everybody just have a free period while you could <laughs> concentrate on your on your notes and everything for this big opportunity tonight? I tell you what, it, it was actually good having a full day of stuff to do today because I think, you know, I, and, and Jordy, we're getting older. We don't get as nervous as we used to, but I'm 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 excited and anxious about tonight. I think if That's I had awesome. been sitting in a room somewhere alone at home waiting or waiting in a hotel room if we were on the road, I think I would have gone insane. So it was good yeah. to have a full yeah. day of of education and and task to perform. And now <laughs> it, it's time uh, it's time to start getting in game mode right now. That is awesome. Have a great call of the game. Um, the, the Tigers are favored by about four, I believe. So they think it's going to be a close one. Um, and uh, let's see what happens. I'll be there with my daughter and her friend. I got my tickets today. So I, I got lower bowls somehow, some way. But I'm, I'm, I'll be in that number. And I'm really looking forward to it, man. Really looking forward to it. So good luck. Have a great call as always. I tell you, Jordy, it's going to remind you of some of your late 70s days when that place was crazy. I, I think you're going to have some some good memories come back tonight. I really do. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Thank you so much, Patrick. Have fun. All right, Jordy. We'll see you. Yeah. All right, man. That's uh, Patrick Wright. Uh, again, um, an opportunity and guard play significant, obviously. Uh, advantage in the interior. Obviously, uh, victory, 
for LSU would send the Tigers to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2014 um, against number two seeded Texas in Spokane, Washington on Friday. So the men were one and done. The LSU women are now 26 and five overall. 26 and five. Wow. I mean, that's almost as good as the team that beat LSU, the men's team in Iowa State that only won two games the year before, and now they're in the Sweet 16. So um, just a remarkable job that Kim Mulkey, her staff, and most importantly, her players. Now, Ohio State shared the Big Ten title with Iowa, and they were probably an underseeded six seed. Remember, two of the top guards in the country, J.C. Sheldon, Taylor, Mike Sell. Um, Mike Sell third in the country and made three-pointers with 107. More importantly, hits 47% of her, te- her, her attempts, 47 attempts. Uh, J.C. Sheldon leads them in scoring. So really good backcourt. But uh, LSU should have the advantage in the front court. Faustine Afua had 17 points, 14 rebounds, seven blocks against Jackson State. Boom. So we'll see. We'll be in that number, and we'll check it all out. And, of course, we'll talk all about it tomorrow. Again, on the men's side, Murray State head coach Matt McMahon is going to be the head coach of LSU. Um, his team was 31 and three undefeated 18 and O in the Ohio Valley conference. Uh, they were eliminated in round two of March madness by the St. Peter's Peacocks. Yes, indeed. And if you missed it, congrats go out to Mondo Duplantis, who broke his own world record in the pole vault at the World Indoor Championships yesterday. And for Sam Burns, the golfer, he won the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook for the second consecutive year. He moved to number 10 in the world. Not too shabby. All right, we'll take our final time out of the day. We'll come back a little birthday wish or two, and we'll set the stage for tomorrow. What a busy day it's been. We'll recap it all after this time out. The Jordy Helpert Show, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, so let's kind of recap everything, put a little nice little bow on it. The Saints re-sign Jameis Winston, two-year deal, $28 million, $21 million guaranteed. Within the NFC South Division, the Atlanta Falcons trade Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts, and then they get a deal, a two-year deal with Marcus Mariota to come to Atlanta. Okay, so little interdivision things going on uh, quarterback wise. Um, LSU is going to get um, their new head basketball coach, Matt McMahon uh, from Murray State. And he's going to be the new head basketball coach at LSU. I think it's a uh, terrific hire. I think the guy is outstanding, outstanding. And tonight, Kim Mulkey and the LSU Tigers will try to advance to the Sweet 16, something the men couldn't do. They were one and done in the tournament. Um, The Tigers of Kim Mulkey uh, beat Jackson State 
on Saturday, up 17. Dwindle, they trailed by 10 with under five minutes to go, and they miraculously pulled it out to survive and advance. They take on Ohio State tonight. The winner advances to the Sweet 16 up in Washington State in the Great Northwest. So there's some of your headlines of the day. We'll recap it all for you tomorrow. Special thanks to our guests today, Glenn West, Ali Cassell, Madeline Adams, Blake Rafino, Patrick Wright. Uh, That's all the time we have. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. Brought to you by Eon of Lafayette. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Heltberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's the most important thing. And by all means, let's all be happy. My friends, good luck to the Tigers tonight. No baseball tomorrow. Rained out. We'll be back tomorrow to recap everything. Until then, so long, everybody. Have a great day.